this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day. Welcome to Business Minds, a segment of the Business Mirror BM Broader Look Podcast, which provides the views and insights of the people behind a business or enterprise. Today's Business Minds podcast segment puts a spotlight on payment gateway operator Sendit. Anne Ruth De La Cruz, Business Mirror Special Projects Coordinator, engage Yang Yang Zhang, Managing Director of Sendit Philippines Incorporated, in a conversation on Sendit and the Philippine market. For stories on Sendit, please visit the Business Mirror website. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. We have a very special guest who will talk about Sendit, a Southeast Asian fintech company that provides payment infrastructure across Indonesia, the Philippines, and Southeast Asia. Its mission is to make payment simple. To tell, to tell us more about Sendit, here is Yang Yang Zhang, the Managing Director of Sendit Philippines. Good morning, Yang Yang, or should I say good evening, since you're over there in the States. Good morning. Thank you so much, and Great to be here. Okay, thank you. Before we start talking about Sendit, can you please tell us something about yourself? Where did you graduate and how did you get into this line of work? So I guess I've been in tech pretty much all of my life. Um, I started coding when I was a kid. Um, I think my parents, you know, really invested in me being um, kind of in STEM since I was born. So um, I went to MIT for undergrad, actually started off in computer science. Um, and after about a year and a half that maybe I wasn't cut out to be a developer at the time. But um, I really loved building businesses. I think always, you know, I've loved to tinker, I've loved to build. And so I think um, after I graduated, um, I decided that I really wanted to explore what it would be like to build businesses rather than, you know, just code. And so I kind of went through a, a long kind of entrepreneurial journey. I started off in ed tech, um, went to environmental tech, was the CMO of a publicly listed environmental tech company for a couple of years, um, and then kind of realized that, you know, my passion really lay in building tech products. Um, I think there's something very, very um, captivating about the way that tech can help products scale so quickly and how much impact tech can have, especially in emerging markets. And so I think at the environmental tech company, um, I ended up working in a lot of emerging markets, particularly in Southeast Asia, actually, um, through mm -hmm. the UN. And I think that after you do that a couple of times, um, it's, it's really, really hard to, you know, not have that kind of impact in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. So when that company, um, you know, was acquired at the end of 2016, um, I thought, you know, I really want to start a venture of my own. I wanted to find a market that I was really, really excited about. I wanted to find a project I was really excited about. And that's how I came to the Philippines. So um, I decided to co-found a crypto exchange, uh, still running in the Philippines today, called PDAX. Um, we, you know, wanted to be the first regulated crypto exchange um, in the market. Um, and basically, I did that for about two years. I headed product mm -hmm. business strategy there. Um, and then at the end of those two years, it was a great run. We actually raised Series A, and then I decided that, you know, I really wanted to see something that was going to have more immediate impact. So mm -hmm. I think that the reason that fintech matters so much is that, you know, fintech is really at the core of a nation's infrastructure, just as much as, you know, roads and highways and all of those other, you know, great infrastructure projects are. Fintech and financial infrastructure is 
Mm-hmm. One of the most important things that make an economy grow. And so I think that's what's appealed to me about Zendit. Um, I think the okay. mission of Zendit in Indonesia, which was our first market across Southeast Asia, has always been this idea of letting fintech build the rail, the roads, the highways between financial institutions. And so I think that's what brought me to Zendit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really excited to have been here for the last you know year and a half, kind of building out to the Philippines um, company and product. Okay. Uh, can you describe what a payment gateway is? Yeah. It's How is question. it different from the other, well, the the payment gateways that, that we're used to, like GCash, PayMaya? What is the difference of Sendit? Got it. So I think for GCash and PayMaya, we see them as partners, right? The best okay. thing to think about a payment gateway, and I love the word gateway because it implies that you're unlocking something, right? You're unlocking some sort of gate or potential to something even bigger and better. And so the way that we see ourselves, we're an enabler. We help businesses unlock the potential of using digital payments without mm-hmm. having to build out everything themselves. So for us, you know, PayMaya and Gcast are not competitors. They're okay. our best partners. You know, they're the financial mm-hmm. institutions that we're building the roads between. So I think, you know, for example, for a new business who wants to mm-hmm. you know, accept payments from GrabPay, PayMaya, and Gcash. That could be a year's worth of work in terms of negotiating partnerships, contracts, mm-hmm. doing all that tech integration. For nice. us, we say, you know, we have all these three integrated already. It's like one plug, and you can have access to everything we've already built out on our side. I see. So, you, in other words, you're the how do you say you're the mother company, and you partnered with all these uh, other payment uh, partners so that you can enable the businesses to to offer uh, easier payment solutions. Exactly. So we're sort okay. of a one-stop shop to access okay. all the rest of the financial institutions that you want to partner with. I see. Uh, when did Sendit start here in the Philippines? So we launched very late last year in 2020. So I think this we're coming up on about a year of operation, maybe a little bit less. Um, okay. We started exploring the market a little bit late in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, with COVID, there was you know some adjustments in strategy. We really wanted to make sure that we went out to the market with a very compelling product. So just uh-huh. a, a year of operation now. Mm, okay. So um, if I am a small business, what sort of services can I avail of with Sendit? And why should I partner with you and not anyone else? Really great questions. Um, so I think for us, uh, the kinds of business that we serve are everything from small businesses up to you know giants in the market. So the likes of like Grab, for example. Um, we feel like what we are great at is that because we work with these giants, we have to build the best of the best. Instead of just building out the bare minimum, we have to build out all the bells and whistles, right? Because these are the bells and whistles that you know the big guys are going to want from us. And then we take all that you know really sophisticated product with all the fraud detection tools, all of the you know transaction monitoring, all of these like massive amounts of channels, and we mm-hmm. package it into something that small businesses can use. Okay. So I think for small businesses, the way that they typically use us, and we have you know a lot of them now is one through third-party integration. So let's say it's a Shopify store or a WooCommerce Wix store. They can just use a simple plugin. It's really just a five-minute setup process where they can enable their product, their sorry, their store to use their entire suite of products and just Okay. On the flip side, 
we, um, we also have, you know, even more creative ways they can use us. So I think, for example, um, one of my favorite examples is that there's a restaurant in BGC. When you uh -huh. check with them, instead of, you know, handing you a check because of COVID, they actually mm -hmm. email you a Zendit payment link. And so I think for us, it's so simple, right? You get a payment link through Viber and you can click okay. on the payment link and just pay. So I think for us, the way that we really want to help small businesses is make sure that they don't need to even have a tech team. Um, okay. A completely automated, completely online process to sign up. And then within a very few number of minutes, they can use basically everything in our product portfolio. Okay. And how much will this cost our SMEs? That's something we're really proud about. Um, so there are two things that we're really proud about. The first is that, you know, we actually have no sign-up fees. So I think, okay. the, you know, we always feel like we have to put our money where about this, right? So mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that nobody has to risk any sort of upfront capital in order to give us okay. a try. And we're pretty sure that once you do give us a try, you'll love it and continue to use it. So I think for us, one, we never have any sign-up fees and we don't have any monthly fees. So the oh. only time that you pay as a small business is really when you're actually sending transactions through our services. Ah, uh, okay. So I think so for us, you know, it's very low okay. risk. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, sorry, so it's a payment uh, you pay for when only when you use the system. That's exactly. correct. Exactly. Okay. Um, and of course, even as a small, you know, merchant, you have access to our, you know, around the clock customer success team. You have access to our product specialists. I mean, we're, you're treated essentially just as much as, you know, just as well as we would treat an enterprise customer, but you're a small business that can not take that risk. And so on the flip side, we actually, because we really wanted small businesses to try us out, started this program called the Level Up Program. So okay. Level Up Program actually gives small businesses up to a year of free services. We will sponsor even these per transaction costs, basically a little, literally cost them nothing to start this, up to 1.7 million pesos. Okay. Uh, we're sponsoring up to a thousand businesses in the market. Um, and we want to make sure that, you know, they have the ability to really give us a try for an entire year, mm -hmm. just so that we can help the cause of digitizing as many MSMEs and SMEs as possible. So I think we're really proud about that, you know, as well, because it really helps small businesses get over that initial fear of, oh, what if I pay this, you know, sign up mm -hmm, fee, mm -hmm. and then I don't like the digital payments, or my customers don't like it, mm -hmm. we just say, give us a try, and we'll help you, you know, implement that and make sure that's optimized for your business. Okay, so it's relatively easy to use the system. It's how would you assess the system? Is it easy to use for the SMEs? I think so. I think you know we've had a lot of SMEs give us really positive feedback on it. Um, you know, we service individual sellers, so you know mm -hmm. even people who are selling. Um, my favorite is you know the quarantine bakers, <laughs> but you know even like all of those like small businesses on Instagram, we service individual sellers. Oh, okay. um, and if I think, you know, if someone just selling bread out of their home or, you know, fitness equipment out of their home can figure out how to use it, I mm -hmm. think it's easy to use. Yeah, okay. Can you tell us about the security features of the system? Because there's a lot of concern about this and about data privacy and all. Yeah. Um, I think that in terms of the security features, there are a couple of things that we really focus on. The first is that in general, um, cybersecurity is 
huge. I think that for us, you know, we put a lot of weight into cybersecurity. Um, we actually have an entire team um, of cybersecurity folks who hack our own systems every single day so that oh, no one else can hack us because they're the ones who are going to try to find all these weaknesses first and then we fix them before anyone else can get to it. Okay. The second is that we have actually a lot of devotion to fraud detection tools. Okay. So I think that, you know, um, of course, on credit cards, there's a lot of fraud detection tools already available. What we want to focus on, because a lot of our you know, channels are alternative payment channels, you know, e-wallets or OTC channels like 7-Eleven, Sabwana, we also want to make sure that we're monitoring behavior across those channels. So I think that's something that we really care about is that, you know, the person who's paying for this invoice or this person who's paying for a purchase at a small e-commerce store isn't going to be someone who is, you know, fraudulently using like a family member's card or fraudulently using a card that they stole. Um, and so I think that, you know, a lot of people have additional packages um, in terms of being able to purchase fraud detection tools. Mm -hmm. We actually have a suite of tools that are really world class that are built into the system already. So, for example, um, we allow people to block um, certain you know, jurisdictions if they feel like mm -hmm. they're not accepting payments from there. Um, we allow people to block certain IP addresses if they feel like that mm -hmm. IP address has been compromised. Mm -hmm. And then we even have like a in-house fraud scoring. So for each one of the transactions, there's actually a fraud score that's given um, mm -hmm. to each one of the uh, transactions. And the merchant can decide, is this fraud score too high for me to be comfortable with? Mm -hmm. Or the merchant can kind of work with us and the fraud team to set different, um, I guess, features or to set different um, requirements within that fraud detection system and say, you know what, I'm comfortable with this because we service a lot of OFWs. Mm -hmm. so okay, if I get a lot of foreign transactions, don't fly these transactions in the future and we'll continue to let them go through. So I think it's really about working with the merchant to figure okay. out you know, what they consider fraudulent and then uh -huh. of course focus on um, how we make sure that they can maximize their sales without having progress. Okay. Uh, so Sendit just started in the Philippines last year. Am I correct? Uh, why did you choose the Philippines? Um, there are three major reasons that we chose the Philippines. Um, mm -hmm. I think the first is that, you know, I was very passionate about the market um, okay. to begin with. Um, I think that even when I first moved to the Philippines in 2017 to start PDAX, um, the country itself, I, I always describe it as being sort of like a primordial soup, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's so much potential in the market today. Okay. It feels like it's on the edge of this hyper growth. If you look at Indonesia, let's say four or five years ago, it's really where the Philippines is today, right? There's so much potential, even with, you know, the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, businesses are starting to digitize. Um, a lot of you know banks, financial institutions are starting to look at these digital services, and so mm -hmm. I feel like all the right ingredients are in place for there to be this hyper growth curve. And we really wanted to be there as part of that growth, and also to make that growth even faster. The second is that you know, especially having worked with the BSP and the SEC in the past, what mm -hmm. I saw is that the Philippines regulators are actually incredible, especially compared to mm -hmm. other regulators, you know, really anywhere else in the world. Um, I think that Philippines regulators are really open to innovation. Um, okay. They're very open to having very honest conversations with industry participants. Um, and I think most importantly, I think that most regulators here mm -hmm. actually welcome new ideas 
and disruptive okay. technology. And so I think that's a huge part of it, right? We know that we're bringing something to this market that the market has never seen before. We mm -hmm. know that we're trying to launch a lot of products that are very unfamiliar to this market. Yeah. But I think that as long we knew that as long as the regulators would be supportive of that, we actually okay. had a chance. And then the last thing is that we are a regional company. So mm -hmm. you know, we service you know companies that have presence in multiple countries in Southeast Asia already. And a lot of them were coming back to us, you know, in 2019, 2020 and telling us, oh, you know, can you guys go to the Philippines? We love you in Indonesia. You know, can you build out all these same products with Philippines? Um, you know, we would use you, we would switch over to you the moment you have them live. Mm -hmm. um, and we found that that actually has been great for our growth, right? Because we came here with sort of a ready-made customer set. And now we're continuing to build upon that with new customers in the local market as well. Okay. Uh, well, since the year 2020 was not a really a good year for all of us, actually. So how did Sendit do last year? Since you just started, uh, were your spirits dampened because of what happened? Um, I definitely feel like, you know, in March, we were a little scared. Um, uh -huh. you know, of course, everyone was, right? We were like, what's going to come next? You know, will businesses shut down? Will the economy grind to a halt? But I think that one of the things I've always admired about the Philippines is that the people are so resilient, right? Mm -hmm. Our businesses are resilient. Our government is resilient. I think that we had a lot of faith, even as we were entering lockdown, a new team going into you know remote work. Even mm -hmm. at that time, we felt pretty confident that you know somehow we'd find a way to bounce back. And what we saw is that digital payments really started to take hold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. the moment we saw that, we felt, okay, we can grow on the back of this. We just have okay. to adjust our roadmap to compensate for what businesses want today. Okay. So I think for us, um, while 2020 was definitely a scary year, um, especially in terms of, you know, um, what comes next, what kind of, how do we change our roadmap and our strategy to accommodate? Ultimately, what we realized is that we just have to hold true to like our core principles. And at Zendit, that core principle is just listen to your customer. Oh. Um, when we came to the market during the pandemic, before the pandemic, after, um, we just talked to our customers and asked them, what are your pain points? Is it being able to digitize your payments faster because now you can no longer have you know, um, in-person interactions? And so I think for us, what we realized is that you know over the last year, we've actually managed to grow pretty significantly. I think on average, about 40 to 50%. Okay. Um, and I think that also gives us a lot of faith that you know our thesis and our philosophy is working in this market, and we uh -huh. can continue to grow um, here as the years go on. Okay, I have a question here from Edwin Salian. Is it here? Will Sendit eventually adopt a rewards or cashback system for frequent users? So I think on our side, we are the payment gateway instead of like an e-wallet, right? So I think for mm -hmm. us, we are the ones who service um, other companies like, let's say, Lazada or Graph. Um, we would eventually build out a rewards uh, system for those customers. So for example, if you know customers want to use that uh, reward system, give away points, or you know, be able to accommodate for points for their customers, we will build that. But it wouldn't be a Zendit rewards, it would be for our customers themselves. Okay. And can you tell us more about your plans for the Philippines? 
Yes. So um, I think for the Philippines, we are here for the long haul. Um, one okay. of our you know, most important core principles, I think, is that whatever market that we enter, um, we want to hyper-localize. So there are a lot of companies that want to expand very, very quickly. Um, basically, they copy and paste the same product over and over in different markets. But I think for us, we understand that payments is so specific, right? The e-wallets that are you know, significant in Indonesia are not the same ones that are significant in the Philippines. And I think for us, what we care about is building deep into this market. So our plans really are to continue to work with you know, more and more financial institutions to fund more of these first to market products. You know, uh, we have a couple, um, we have a pay later platform that allows for, you know, really easy installment payments um, for all of our customers. So, you know, even someone like a coffee cart, um, you know, in the middle of Zimbabwe could offer loans as part of their payment process. You know, that's kind of a very unique product we brought to the market. The other is, you know, bank debits, the ability to do like pulling from bank accounts and mm -hmm. setting up recurring payments. We want to continue to build out those new products so that everyone in the Philippines, whether you live in the provinces, whether you are an individual, you know, baker, or whether you're a really big business, has access to that sort of world-class payment experience. And so I think for us, we want to make sure that as the Philippines grows, we mm. become that backbone that really helps financial institutions um, reach everyone across the Philippines and make our products as easy to use as possible. Okay. Uh, how would you describe your clients now here in the Philippines? Are they all, majority of them are SMEs or do you also have the big businesses? Yeah, so I think for us, you know, we, our identity has always been trying to service all of uh, the entire sort of gamut, right, from small SMEs into larger. So I think with kind of four categories of merchants, we have a lot of enterprises. So these enterprises include, you know, international, regional companies that are using us locally. Um, we have, you know, kind of growth stage startups who are really proud to service the likes of, let's say, Kumu, um, you know, one of the first companies in the Philippines to raise Series B, you know, really a front runner in terms of, you know, um, innovation and also just, you know, startup growth here in the Philippines as well. So we're really, really excited to service that startup tier as well. And then we service SMEs, so the likes of, let's say, Barcinos, ABGC, um, the likes of, you know, restaurants, really well-established SMEs, as well as really tiny SMEs. So I think as of, you know, a couple of months ago, we started servicing individual sellers. I mentioned that earlier. Um, I think that right now we are able to service basically any business of any size, as long as they have interest in digital payments. Okay, I think we're we almost covered everything that we need to cover, Yang uh, Yang. Would you like to give us your final message to the Filipino audience? Sure. Um, yeah. For me, I just want to encourage anyone who has a business here or who is even interested in uh, digital payments to reach out. Um, I think you can feel free to go to the website. I think it's been flashed here a couple of times to just Google mm -hmm. Sunday Philippines. Um, if you reach out to us, we will get back to you within a day. Um, we would really, really love um, to hear from anyone. Something that I think we really um, emphasize as well is having the ability to understand customer pain points. So I think for us, you know, we have this very co-build mentality. If we don't have the product already, and there is uh -huh. enough market demand, we will build it. 
it doesn't mean that we have this you know roadmap that's set in stone and that's our product mm-hmm. portfolio and we refuse to innovate we really want to hear from everyone in this market who is interested in payments and all of their needs so i think for me i just want to encourage anyone who even has questions even starting even thinking about starting a new business to reach out to us um, i think we really want to be that partner in terms of you know helping that growth helping accelerate that development and then also one last thing if i may um, we are recruiting heavily um, for our <laughs> team um, okay. there's also a careers page if you click onto it on our website um, we are looking for you know people across the board. So I think that, you know, on that front, if anyone's interested in kind of working with us as well, um, would love to hear. Okay, thank you so much, Yang Yang, for your time. Thank you so much. It was been great you. having you here. Thanks okay, Thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.